Exactly 13 years ago today, Pope Benedict XVI noted in his Angelus Address, quote, Lent is like a long retreat in which to re-enter ourself and listen to God's voice in order to overcome the temptations of the evil one and to find the truth of our existence. It is a time, we may say, of spiritual training in order to live alongside Jesus, not with pride and presumption, but rather by using the weapons of faith, namely prayer, listening to the word of God, and penance. This is the After Dinner Scholar from Wyoming Catholic College, and I'm your host, Dr. Jim Tonkowicz. On February 21st, 2010, the day Pope Benedict made that remark, Lent had already begun. For us, today is Shrove Tuesday, the eve of Ash Wednesday and the beginning of this season of spiritual retreat. Father Godfrey Akwanga, who grew up in Nigeria, is Wyoming Catholic College's Latin chaplain. He had this to say about Lent. The Lenten season is a season of repentance and renewal, a holy season in preparation for the most important celebrations of the Christian calendar, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, celebrated at Easter. It begins with Ash Wednesday and runs through Easter Sunday a period of 40 days marked with fasting, almsgiving, and prayer. I think theologically, it is believed that in order to properly share in the merits and fruits of the death and resurrection of Christ, individually and collectively, we must participate in his sufferings, as such, right from the early origins of the church. She has always observed these holy and solemn days as a period of penance, fasting, and intense prayer in anticipation of the Easter mysteries. It started as a preparation for catechumens and new adult converts ahead of the entry into the church in the period of catechesis through the post-baptismal mystagogia. The idea of fasting during Lent dates back to the early church as early as 100 AD, when St. Irenaeus spoke about it as preparatory for the celebration of Easter, connecting the 40 days of those of Christ's fasting. Didirake explicitly mentions fasting three times in number 13, 74, and 81. As an essential part of Christian identity and spirituality, in fact, St. Polycarp, in his letter to the Philippians, number seven, talks of watching unto prayer, persevering in fasting and prayer to all the seeing God, to lead us not into temptation following the Lord's word, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. These three Lenten practices and disciplines target the mastery and discipline of the senses so that our focus may be better directed towards God. Instructively, they are remedies for human tendency to sin, reflected in the three temptations of Jesus Christ. Turning stone into bread, bowing to worship Satan in search of material happiness and vainglory, contradicting the true worship of and dependence of one, on one God, 
an interest in the supernatural, which comes in the form of tempting or doubting God's providence, jumping from the pinnacle of the temple, each countered by fasting and almsgiving and prayer. So, so penance and fasting are not carried out for their own sake, but in union with acts of charity and prayer, in imitation of Christ, who fasted 40 days and nights in the wilderness, engaged in intensely profound prayer of intimate union with God the Father. It could thus be said that we do not fast or undertake penance for mere health or dietary reasons, but to be united more and more in Christ, accompanying him on the journey to Calvary in anticipation of the joy of the Easter morning, thereby making that time of Jesus' penance his suffering, his death, and resurrection, contemporaneous in our own time. Christ alludes to this in the gospel, stating the way we should fast, give arms, and pray in order to please God and not man or ourselves, drawing attention to oneself or others, and excluding the spiritual connection with God is self-serving, hypocritical, and non-spiritually rewarding. Also, to fast without praying or almsgiving will not be as effective and spiritually rewarding or satisfying as when they go together. They makes, this makes it very clear that it is a journey towards perfection in Christ who invites us to be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. That is Matthew chapter 5, verse 48. Finally, Lent is also seen as a time for spiritual warfare between the flesh and the spirit, and the major restraint being the acts of fasting, that is penance, prayer, and almsgiving. You know, we typically ask, what are you giving up for Lent? Well, I'm giving up wine, I'm giving up chocolate, I'm giving up desserts. But it can also be a matter of not just subtracting, but adding adding spiritual activities, adding readings. Uh, can you say something about that? Generally, Lent is identified with the act of giving up something. Why this is good, it functions also as a negative way of making sacrifices and could be received differently by people who perceived it as a deprivation or subtraction from what is our due or right. More positively, we can approach Lent by taking up new tasks or spiritual exercises. In other words, our spiritual disciplines need to be only deprivations or giving up of something. No, I mean to say, in other words, our spiritual discipline need not be only deprivation or giving up of something, but also voluntarily taking up certain practices. We can learn the practice of certain virtues, improve on, of, improve on certain tasks, focus on one or more aspect of our spiritual life, like prayer and spiritual reading. This means that beyond merely giving up something good like chocolate, we can intentionally do something more positive, especially acts that help us to grow in the spiritual life than simply what not eating of chocolate can achieve. Now, on the one hand, we don't want to do the bare minimum. 
But on the other hand, trying to do everything can leave us no time and energy for any of our actual calling. And particularly working with students, it seems to me that there would be a tendency for students to take on too much uh, or <laughs> yeah. give up time. I'm, I'm gonna live on lettuce for the next uh, 40 days. Uh, how do you encourage students to find a proper uh, medium? <laughs> yes. One good place to begin learning is a sincere assessment of oneself. Yes, all those obliged by the laws of fasting, that is those on, within the age of 18 to 60 years, and also abstinence within 14 years upwards, are to keep to them except for a grave reason, or if one is exempt. The minimalists stick to the barest minimum required by the church, yet Lent calls us to do more. For our righteousness must exceed that of the scribes and Pharisees, Matthew chapter 5, verse 20. But one must also not go beyond the impossible or something he or she cannot do. Depending on one's state of life, such practices must not deprive you the opportunity or necessities to live a normal human life or sap you of the required energy or time to continue your daily life. For example, a student must factor in the school's workload in deciding what he or she can do or cannot do, considering the environment, environment provisions, rules and regulations. One cannot undertake such exercises that will keep you away from classes or the regular activities of the school. This calls for a balance between one's learning observ observances and regular life. Judging prudently the requirement of one's state, tasks, occupation, position, and expectations. Life is not a time to be extraordinarily superhuman for a few months, as it is a time to grow in virtue, aware of the grace builds on nature. In this way, after length, based on the solid foundation already built, it becomes easier to integrate the virtues learned into the daily life. Now, many of us, and I'll include myself, go charging into Ash Wednesday with all sorts of good intentions. And after a week, two weeks, three weeks, we're really fading. Uh, what counsel do you have for people to actually keep Lent all the way through Easter? Uh, yes. Uh, it is easier to start a thing than to end it, and even more difficult to, con to be consistent in doing it well. Like New Year resolutions, many sincerely begin Lent with the determination to carry through or only to find them to carry through only to find themselves failing, tired, frustrated, or struggling a few weeks into Lent. I will say that the fact that a person still struggles yet has the intention to keep going is a positive sign, a sign that the spirit is willing, but the flesh may be weak. In that case, like Jesus told the disciples, it is time not to stop or fail totally, but to stand up in prayer and strength, continue in any of the chosen spiritual exercises. Since nothing good comes so easy, and the Christian life itself is a continuous struggle, 
no one should be discouraged. It is a time to go back to God in prayer, in humility and honesty, to retrace one's step and summon the courage to be, to continue the struggle. If a person had intended to do a particular spiritual exercise, that is fast, to fast, pray, study, or give alms on any specific day or days, and find that he or she has missed one or more times, the best is to pick up from where one is. To stop is to accept defeat. Giving room for the devil to continue is to look intently on Jesus, not to serve, trusting in his power to lead you on. So we begin our Lenten journey and long intently for Easter morning. No matter the distractions, struggles, or even personal failures, never give up, never quit, but stay on course, focused on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who went to the cross not minding the difficulties. This spirit is a clear demonstration of the belief that the God who has begun the good work in you is able to perfect it in Christ Jesus. Someone gave me a key fob that said this, Lent, a season of great sacrifice, a season of great blessing. May it be just that for you as you enjoy the spiritual retreat and grow in your life in Christ. For Wyoming Catholic College, this is Dr. Jim Tonkowicz.